Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. I am so happy we're still in Miami. Yes, I think so. (laughs) Not quite on South Beach. That will do later this evening. But I'm here today with Nathan Hatsfield, and we're going to be talking about blockchain. You know, this confuses me, Nathan, to no end. But Me too. But So um, let's help me understand a little bit about who you are and why we're talking today and how you're going to educate me and our audience on blockchain. Just get closer to the mic a little bit. Okay. All right. Um... My name's Nathan. I am a business developer for a layer one blockchain called Syscoin. My role tends to be business to business focused. Um, I, uh, we're a layer one, which means it's infrastructure. We're open source. So I, my job is to communicate with protocols and teams, educate them about the infrastructure we offer and convince them to spend their developer resources on building on us. Okay, so this, this conversation is heading down in a direction I don't like already. Yeah. I'll tell you why. But everyone talks about blockchain. They say, hey, blockchain is this, blockchain is going to do that, blockchain is going to do this, and then we're going to talk about protocols, we're going to talk about this and that and everything else. Uh, the big challenge of uh, blockchains as we know it today is the UI, UX, and understanding how that all works. So I want you to simplify this a little bit more. Uh, when we talk about blockchain, on a general level, I'm grade seven. I'm in grade seven. That's how old I am today. Explain to me what blockchain actually means. Um, blockchain is a database. And in traditional databases, <clears throat> there is one node that determines the state of the database. In blockchain, you have a community of nodes that must reach consensus on what the state of the database is. And that is why it is so difficult to build a highly performant blockchain because any kind of anything you do on blockchain must be confirmed and agreed upon by thousands of different nodes. Some some people call wallets them wallets like anytime someone refers to a wallet what they're talking about is a node that agrees upon the consensus of the database state. And that has to be done by all nodes or a majority of the nodes? That would depend on the style of blockchain. Um, you have like, tradi- like uh, in Bitcoin, like the UTXO style blockchain, um, all nodes must agree. In something like Binance, you have um, select validators, which is a far smaller number, like say less than 100 must agree versus the 20,000 nodes on Bitcoin. So who then determines the number of nodes that have to validate the data? So the blockchain, depending on the blockchain itself, this is complicated. So like, it's like, if you're a node in a blockchain, let's... Sometimes it's the community, sometimes it's the developers. Like on Ethereum, for instance, if you want to change 
how the nodes handle governance, you can put forth what's called an Ethereum improvement proposal. And you, you write out logically what you want, why you want, what do you think it would accomplish, and then the community will debate it. And if they see enough merit in the idea, they will implement software changes that enforce the governance that is agreed upon. Let's go to a simple example that everybody knows so that we can put it into context. Currently, today, if I want to buy a house, uh, everything has to go back to the title deed, to the registry, and someone has to verify that. Uh, and so I'm assuming that verification is actually a note. In a sense, you could say that the, the bank or the title agency are nodes because what they're doing is they're saying this is true, this is false, and they're there's agree they're creating a state of whatever that title exists in. So blockchain is kind of like a lower level abstraction of that. Um, what you're doing is I don't want to get in a rant, so did I answer that question? Okay. So yeah, I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to put big things into perspective for our audience because it get, gets very confusing because all of a sudden when you say blockchain, everyone knows the word, they don't really know what it means. You know, I think for the average person, um, blockchain right now is really high friction. Um, if you want to interact with the blockchain, um, it's complicated. Um, I think blockchain as a technology is really immature and as far as the average person is concerned um, it'll eventually reach a point where all that complication is abstracted away and blockchain exists as a single piece of a technology stack that you are using when you interact with the internet but you won't really know you're using it. Yes uh, and I've heard that that is like hey as long as it does what I want it to do don't talk to me about anything else. Right? Yeah. And so when we look at this, so it's interesting when we had a, a, a session and a, a link to learn session and we had a poll and we had 85 of the respondents say to us that uh, their company does not use blockchain. Mm -hmm. Now, either they don't know that the company is using blockchain or they really know that the company isn't using blockchain. Uh, with your background and experience in this, we're in the, in the J curve, so to speak. Where are we in the development and progression of utility of blockchain? <clears throat> um, I, I can't really answer that, but I will say I think the two main problems that facing blockchain right now are we have a scalability issue where going back to the to discussing the database of nodes reaching consensus, um, that's slow. Um, so how do you build that out to accommodate a billion users making hundreds or thousands of transactions a day each. Um, and so um, I think that's one problem that is currently being solved. Um, another issue we have is compliance, where we don't really have regulatory rails for big institutions and companies to come in and start um, tokenizing real-world assets, which I think is the end game of blockchain, or maybe even the beginning. Um, I think once those pieces are in place, um, that is going to radically change the landscape and we'll start seeing things happen pretty quick. But right now, you know, um, scalability is a really big issue. Um, my, the group I'm with, the company Syscoin, um, we are 
Those are those are actually two big things we're focused on. We have we have a really solid layer one built out um, that uses Bitcoin for security, and it and it gives you uh, an EVM environment to build DApps on. Um, and then uh, we are using um, layer two technologies to build out blockchains that are highly scalable but defer security to the base layer which is also getting which is deferring its security to bitcoin so i think something people should keep in mind whenever they use any blockchain is there's that classic um problem of the scalability trilemma or just the general blockchain trilemma where you have scalability decentralization and security and any gain in one area necessitates a recession in the other. So if you want high scalability, you're sacrificing um, decentralization for it. So Solana, for instance, um, the way it achieves very high throughput is it only has a single node. Um, There's a a group of nodes that that exist on Solana, but it selects one one node at a time to determine consensus. Versus Ethereum, which has dozens of nodes reaching consensus at the same time or like when, when you think of syscoin um it's 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 syscoin's really hard to grok so like like the highest level i can't make it simple but the highest level uh explanation of it is it's a it's a full stack modular blockchain it has every kind of blockchain technology stack in it um built out with a separation of concerns in mind so there's a utxo component there's an EVM component, there's a data availability layer, then there's another roll-up layer which expands infinitely with other blockchains on top of it. So what would, I mean, who, so the question is, who would use Syscoin? I think right now, um, this might be a little, little bit of alpha for your listeners, we, uh, we have a, we have a optimism roll-up that we have a novel data solution it's really similar to proto-dink sharding, if you're familiar with that. Um, it, in testnet, it's scaled to 7,000 transactions a second. Um, and it's doing about 15 million gas a second. Um, <clears throat> right now, there's not a lot of apps on it. We're kind of coming out of, stel- out of stealth on this. Um, but as we get apps built on it, it's basically for anyone who wants high speed that doesn't sacrifice any security because again like like we we derive our security from bitcoin through something called merged mining so um if you're familiar with dogecoin dogecoin is merged mined on litecoin so litecoin miners mine dogecoin well bitcoin miners mine syscoin um and so we're about 40 percent of the bitcoin hash rate right now um that puts us a little less than what ethereum's overall security was before the merge um so like in my opinion just as someone who's been doing this for i've been i've been in crypto for about 10 years now um i have not found a more elegant simply designed piece of infrastructure it is it is so perfect in design um the layer one is going to be it, the, the focus of the layer one is to essentially just handle rollup data. The rollups are for scaling, and then the, the layer threes and beyond that are for apps. Um, so the layer one won't even be communicating with um, the layer threes. The layer one is purely concerned as acting as a court and settlement system that 
provides security for any assets on chain, and then everything else is derived from that. So, if you were to think of a company that would be able to utilize Cisco's infrastructure that people would recognize, who would that be? Um, I think one of the, the best use cases for that right now is probably real estate. Um, there's a lot of middlemen real estate. There's a general lack of transparency. Um, once the compliance rails are figured out, and this is something we've been focused on a long time, um, the onboarding of real-world assets tokenized um, is going to start happening real quick. So that all depends on regulatory environment. I think... You know what's really interesting is I think decentralization is something people didn't really care about until about a week ago when FTX blew yeah. up. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, we remember why this is important right. again. Um, I think the regulatory will is there. Um, there's a lot of a lot of the politicians want to make this happen. Um, I think that the initial proof of concepts just need to be built, need to be built out. Um, and we're talking with several people who we think could make that happen um, if these deals go through. And and is there going to be a problem with adoption? In what sense? So you've built the you built the rails, you've built the the blockchain with the nodes, you've mm-hmm. built all of this. You go to the real estate environment, or everybody involved with real estate, and I'm assuming that goes everything from title to mortgages to banks. We need to pay play in this sector to make this thing work. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a hesitancy to join and, and get this thing off the ground? For sure. I think um, I think it's going to happen. You have a market of different companies with different levels of risk tolerance. Some guys are secure in their spot. Some guys are looking for edge and hungry for extra revenue. I think, um, I think the biggest driver at the end of the day is profit. How much money does it save you? How much, how much easier does it make it to organize your company? Um, I think it'll be very easy to save money by using this database over other companies. Um, And I think once that becomes more well-known and proven out, like, you know, no one ever wants to be the first one to leave the group. But once that first person leaves, then it starts. And I think that's what we're waiting on. Uh, we have to go. We have to go. Nathan, thank you so much for this. I think what we have to do is a part two because yes. I have to d- dig a little bit deeper into this whole blockchain. You're the best. You're, you're the best. Probably the best interview I've had in a while. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you asked very, very good questions. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with? Um. Yes. I'm sure. I mean, like, check out Syscoin. I think what we're doing is really cool. Um, that's S-Y-S-C-O-I-N. Um, follow me on Twitter. I'm Modern Diogenes. Uh, M-O-D-E-R-N-D-I-O-G-E-N-E-S. It's a little misspelled. Maybe there might be an E in there. Um, um, and, you know, I think uh, macro is really disgusting right now. There's a general lack of hope, but I also want to remind people that the best products are built in bear markets. Um, these, if, if you look at the dot-com bubble, when that popped, a lot of people lost a lot of money, but in, in it looked like, they didn't look like shit. Like, who would invest in this? Um, but it built out a lot of essential infrastructure that the next wave, the next 10, 20 years built up on. 
Um, so I th- and I think that's what's happening right now. We're having a lot of bad players leave the scene. Um, a lot of people who were either incompetent or irresponsible with their companies, um, instead of just dragging this out for years, it's all gone now. And Nate, the serious people are left. Nate, there you go. You're left with a good message. Take a look at Ciscoid. When you have a chance to speak with Nathan, actually speak with him because he'll explain this a little bit more clearly than we have time for today. But we'll have it back for part two of this to get down because it is important. I mean, there are uh, things that you can build on this are, are, are going to be fascinating. Uh, we're going to have a public test net um, here. And I don't want to give a timeline, but I will say it before end of year. I would encourage you guys to come play on it. It's really cool. Appreciate that. Thanks. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA choice boneless beef top sirloin steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for you app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.